So I've been talking about this for a little bit. I'm going to say it again. Go and check out the new Socialism Sucks Season 2. It just dropped. All the information on COVID, where it came from, what was the deal with the Wuhan lab? You remember that guy, by the way, Dr. Fauci? Remember his name? It's kind of amazing, by the way, how they pulled Dr. Fauci off stage and none of the normies even seemed to notice. It's all Ukraine, 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 right? Don't worry about that guy, Fauci. Don't worry about that lab in Wuhan. That was last season. We're not talking about that stuff anymore. Well, guess what? That stuff still affected us. That stuff still exists. Those people are still out there. And so we need the information on it. So what do you do? You go to the Turning Point USA Socialism Sucks series. They have a whole new episode, a new 25-minute documentary, breaks it all down on communism in China. Go and watch it today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, brought to you by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories, the war in Ukraine enters day 21. We'll give you a full ground update next. An incredible piece by Pedro Gonzalez on humanevents.com, the fog of information war in Ukraine. We're going to break down his incredible reporting. Third, Saudi Arabia considers accepting yuan for Chinese oil sales. This is the rise of the petro yuan and the, the fall of the petrodollar. And finally, the U.S. consulate in Mexico reportedly sustained gunfire amid explosions after the arrest of a cartel leader. Seems like something that ought to be a little bit of a bigger story. All that's in Warhead, Human Events Daily. All right, so day 21, exactly three weeks since the start of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We're going to give you a full ground update. Earlier today, President Zelensky of Ukraine addressed U.S. Congress and begged them, pleaded with them, requested them to establish a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Here's the problem with that. A no-fly zone is essentially a misnomer. A no-fly zone is actually kind of like saying mostly peaceful protest when you're talking about the rioting throughout 2020. No, a no-fly zone isn't what it should be called. What it should be called is a shoot-down zone because there'd be a lot of flying in that no-fly zone of U.S. and NATO aircraft flying over, trying to control those skies, flying combat patrols. So what you would have then is the Russians would be coming in, and obviously they would not abide by the no-fly zone because they are conducting military operations over the same area. What would that lead to? A little something called World War III, active, engaged combat with Russia. That's exactly what that would lead to. That's why throughout the entire Cold War, it's like we forgot all this stuff, we didn't come to blows directly with Russia. We took great pains not to do this, whether it be in Afghanistan, whether it be in Vietnam. These were active hostile conflicts that took place during the Cold War, even Korea to some extent, very early on in the Cold War. But we never once directly attacked Russia. They never directly attacked us because of the reason of nuclear weapons. Well, here's a uh, clip from Jen Psaki yesterday, the White House press secretary, talking about this very situation. Is the president showing enough strength against Putin? The president has rallied the global community to put in place a greater set of financial sanctions package than has ever been done for any economy in the world. It wouldn't have happened without his action. They did not expect uh, their military to not make as much progress of the, as they have made. Uh, the steps we are taking are making it more difficult for President Putin to build and augment his military, to get access to the technology that he needs and wants. It has taken steps to cripple the economy 
economy that there's no question, regardless of what Kremlin spokespeople say, it has had a dramatic impact on the economy. And we're doing all of that while providing a historic amount of military assistance to the Ukrainians, helping them effectively fight back. All right, now let's get into the map. So map break, guys, if you can throw it up next to me there. What we really need to talk about is the encirclement of Kiev is still continuing. The southern door is still open to the south. So you can get out from the south of Kiev and hopefully that a lot of the civilians are getting out of there, but the encirclement continues on the other three edges of it. Now, what we're also seeing is that Russian columns are moving south from Kharkiv and they're also moving east and north out of Donetsk, out of the Donbass area and coming up north from Kherson. What does this mean? What is the play here? Well, it's very simple. They are attempting, as we've said before, to envelop those 50,000 Ukrainian troops that are still on the Donbass line to the far east. If they are enveloped, that essentially means that they will be cut off from the rest of Ukraine and that Russia will control the entire eastern portion of Ukraine. This is key strategic territory. So one city that I really want to focus your attention on is Dnepro. Dnepro is directly in the center of Ukraine. If you look on the map, it's right on the Dnepro River. It's north of the Zaporizhzhia uh, nuclear power plant. That was something that was seen as a key staging point and a key takeaway where that firefight broke out just a couple of weeks ago. Why are they doing this? Because the Russians understand that if they can, can take Dnepro, while they already have total control of Kherson, obviously total control of Crimea in the south, then they can move north. That is the last key strategic city on the Dnepr River. If they are able to take it, then they will effectively cut off Ukraine from the rest of the country, even while fighting continues in Kiev, right? Kiev is a strategic point for them, but at the end of the day, it's about controlling that territory, that massive bulk, the flank of Ukraine that is to the east of the Dnepr River. They cut that off, they are not going to give it back. And then the fight for, Ukra fight for Kiev might then become a siege. Of course, that is a strategic political objective for them. But that's why you're already starting to see Russian airstrikes, you're seeing missile strikes on that city of Dnepro because what they're doing is strategic shaping of the battle space in preparation for a direct attack on that city. Now, we told you before earlier that in the port city of Mariupol, that is where the Russian forces and the separatists have joined up. They carved the city in half uh, north to south. Now you're seeing an east-west pinch that's coming in. They're coming in from both sides, cutting the city into four quadrants. And of those four quadrants, they are going through and conducting mop-up operations. They're targeting the Azov Battalion. They are going after every single last member of the Ukrainian Armed Forces and the Azov Battalion that they can find in that city of Mariupol, pushing deeper and deeper into the urban terrain. Look, you guys have been listening to this podcast. You've been watching this show. You understand that the U.S. dollar is in dire straits. It simply is. We're talking about the rise of the petrol yuan. We're looking at the fall of the petrodollar. This is fall of Rome stuff. We are in for a tough year. And the printing, the spending of the Biden administration and the Fed, this is catastrophic for the U.S. dollar and for the markets. So we know that you need to diversify and you need to do so right now. Do it with gold and silver. And the only company that I recommend is Allegiance Gold. My friends at Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or your 401k with physical gold and silver. Or you can have it delivered securely right to your door. They will educate you with IRA gold 
education kits, and the benefits of physical gold because they care and they want to build a long-term relationship. Allegiance Gold has the highest rating from third-party consumer protection agencies. Five stars with Trustlink. They are AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance and have an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. And you get $500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them that POSO sent you. So do not wait. Go today. Go to the website. Take action. It's allegiancegold.com slash POSO. We cannot control the Biden administration. We cannot control the Fed, but we can prepare. Allegiancegold.com slash POSO. Because the goal is not to completely subjugate Afghanistan. The goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the United States, out of the tax bases of European countries, through Afghanistan, and back into the hands of a transnational security elite. That is the goal. Those were the words of Julian Assange a decade ago, talking about Afghanistan. Well, that same transnational security elite that he's talking about aren't focused on Afghanistan anymore. They lost that. They lost their payday as their money laundering schemes and operations have winded down in Afghanistan. So what are they trying to do now? Now they're trying to move everything to Ukraine. They want to turn Ukraine into their new money washing operation. Who do you think gets paid every time a shipment of arms goes over to Ukraine? Who do you think gets paid when there's ammo, when there's weapons, these javelin systems that we're hearing about, anti-air systems, right? If you thought Big Pharma was powerful, wait till you meet the military industrial complex. War is a racket. So it's just time for some hard truth. There are people, there are elites who stand to make billions of dollars if the United States goes to war in Ukraine. It's not their families that'll go to fight and it won't be their homes or their territories where the fighting takes place. It'll be far, far away, just like it was in Afghanistan. But what will they receive? They'll receive billions of dollars. They're already making millions off the arms sales, but they're billions of dollars on the table. So when you see the entire Uniparty standing in lockstep on anything, like you're seeing with this now, you better start paying attention and you better start holding on to your wallets because that's what's coming. That's exactly what this is all about. War is a racket. And there's an incredible story by Pedro Gonzalez up and yes, at humanevents.com. So go to humanevents.com and read this story right now. The fog of information war in Ukraine. Pedro writes, the Western intelligence apparatus has been busy in Ukraine with financing and collaboration through various non-governmental organizations. It won the information war with the help of Ukrainian media before Russia ever fired a shot in February. Even the country's newest publications like the Kiev Independent have received support and funding from institutions associated with the Central Intelligence Agency. In most cases, the out these outlets seem to have propagandized to the beat of the West's war drums rather than inform the public. Since the Independent launched, launched last November, it has amassed nearly 2 million followers on Twitter and became a main artery of information in the war. Far from being injective, 
objective, its writers tend to snap at those who contradict their narratives. One of their writers, uh, their defense reporter, even declared himself a brother in arms with the Azov Battalion, a unit that has been accused of committing war crimes against civilians in eastern Ukraine. According to journalist Michael Tracy, uh, these this same defense reporter amassed almost a million followers in just the last two weeks. That kind of growth is hard and impressive. But the Independent has some special connections. They're connected to organizations like the National Endowment for Democracy. Well, what did the National Endowment for Democracy say? He said, basically, we do overtly what the CIA used to do covertly. That's one of the statements they made. And what else has been going on over there? Well, there are also reports that came out not too long ago that the United States intelligence agencies, the CIA, and this is out of Yahoo News, right? 2022, January 13th, CIA-trained Ukrainian paramilitaries may take central role if Russia invades. The CIA is overseeing a secret intensive training program in the U.S. for elite Ukrainian special operations forces and other intelligence personnel. The program, which started in 2015, is based at an undisclosed facility in the southern U.S., according to some of these officials. The CIA... Trained forces could play a critical role on Ukraine's eastern border where Russian troops have massed. Now, keep in mind this written before the invasion. And the U.S. and Russia started security talks. So what's the point? They're trying to train these forces to act as paramilitary insurgents should a Russian invasion take place. Because they knew that the Ukrainian army, right, would be bogged down. They knew that the Russian military far, far uh, outnumbered the Ukrainian military, so they were training insurgents. Where have I heard this one before? It's like we just said. This is the exact same playbook from Afghanistan in the 1970s, 1970s. It's a whole movie about it. Go watch Charlie Wilson's War, Tom Hanks. But you won't hear Tom Hanks saying that the same stuff is being done now. And what did the United States do back then? We found another group. We may have disagreed with their, you know, their beliefs. We may have thought that their actions were a little bit shady, a little bit morally questionable, but that group was called the Mujahideen. And we got in bed with them, and we funded them, and we trained them. Why? Because we wanted to turn Afghanistan into a wasteland, and we did that. And we wanted them to bleed the Russians. Well, that's the exact same thing that these same people are doing with Ukraine today. And they're sidling up to people like the Azov Battalion, right, who we just said, have been accused of war crimes against the people of eastern Ukraine, but we're training them the same way that we trained the Mujahideen all those years ago. And look how that turned out. Well, folks, if you like this show, if you want to continue watching us, help enable us to continue to produce this information for you, to synthesize everything that's going on out there, to chunk it down and analyze it, and then produce this show, this program, you go and support our sponsors. I mean, thank you so much for the support that you have given them. But I wanna also remind you to go to mypillow.com, use promo code POSO. They have been such an incredible sponsor for us. I wanna really thank Mike Lindell for all the work he does on behalf of the country, and then also all the support that he's given to us since this program started here on Human Events Daily. So you go, what is that again? Mypillow.com, promo code POSO. Look, for me, like it's not just the fact that the pillows are amazing. When you dial that firmness right in, Right, and it's not just the fact that we do have the mattress topper, Tanya and I, every night, we're on the mattress topper, we're on the sheets, but we got the towel set this Christmas. And let me tell you something, 
They just work. They're towels that actually work, finally, right? It's not just something where you're like, they're not absorbing, they're not actually, no. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> just get them yourself, try them for yourself. You'll see what I mean, mypillow.com slash poso, get the towel set and you'll say, wait a minute, I never thought the towels could actually work before. I guarantee you these do. All right, we gotta get into this next story. So we're talking a lot this week and you've seen it already, Wall Street Journal had that massive story. Saudi Arabia considering accepting yuan instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. All right, this is fall of Rome stuff. This is the kind of stuff that you talk about when we're getting into the territory where the world reserve currency is going to be in a period of transition. Don't you like that word lately? We hear it again, it's just a transition, just a transition. We're transitioning from one to the other. We're just gonna transition the economy into the great reset, right? No, we reject that. We reject the great reset, but also understand what's happening. The financial mismanagement of our elites for our country has led to this moment. You might be saying, Poso, why does this matter? Is this even a big thing? Who cares? Saudi Arabia and China, you know, what's, what's the big deal? Why does that matter? Look, here's, here's Jen Psaki. They asked her about it. She didn't even know what they were talking about. Take a listen. Thank you, Jen. There's reporting that Saudi Arabia is considering uh, accepting the yen instead of the dollar for Chinese oil. Is the White House monitoring that possibility? And has the administration communicated that there would be any types of consequences if that happened? Let me check with the Treasury Department on it. It's a good question. I hadn't seen the report. I'll check with them. So we talked about this a little before. Let me clue you in. All right. The U.S. dollar was taken off the gold standard. Everybody understands that back in the 1970s. But the piece that a lot of people miss is that the U.S. dollar is backed by something around the world. It's backed by foreign oil sales. What does that mean? All foreign oil sales are conducted in a U.S. dollar basis. That means when Saudi Arabia goes to sell oil to China prior to this, they first convert their money, the Riyadh, into the Rial, into US dollars. Then they do the sale, and then they sell the oil, you know, they ship make their oil shipment to China. So that means there's always a foreign inflated demand for US dollars. There has been for 40, 50 years at this point. It's the Bretton Woods system. And so with bringing Venezuela online, with bringing Iran online, I guarantee you one of the things that the Biden administration is pushing them for right now is to say, continue to make these transactions in the US dollar, even if you're not selling oil to us, because we're probably not going to buy oil directly from Venezuela or buy oil directly from Iran, because that's just politically untenable for the Biden administration, even for the neurotic millennials and West Wing LARPers that populate this White House. But understand, that's only predicated on US influence in the world. We lose that, all of a sudden, the value of the money in your bank account goes up and up, or excuse me, the inflation goes up and up and up, the value goes down, 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 down. Right, think of TVs, right? We can afford cheap foreign imports because the value of the, the dollar is strong. That diminishes, all of that goes away. And the price of a TV is gonna be like the price of a refrigerator. Your costs are gonna go up. And like it or not, that is the future, the financial future of this country that you're hurtling towards, your children are hurtling towards, and your children's children are hurtling towards. So all of the debt that we take on is going to be incurred by them. Understand it, get you and your family and your financial 
future and your financial fortunes secured while you still can. One group is not happy because they caught their leader. The other two are saying, hmm, is there a vacuum in here? Maybe we need to come in. So there might be fights over uh, Plaza because of what happened capturing that high-ranking individual. The videos that you just saw, that wasn't Ukraine. That wasn't Russia. It wasn't Yemen or Syria. That was Nuevo Laredo, just across the U.S. border with Mexico. Because here's something that you don't hear about, because our media doesn't talk about it. Northern Mexico and many of the provinces there are engaged in an all-out war with the drug cartels. It's the Mexican government, the federales, versus the drug cartels, and they've been engaged in this war for almost 15 years at this point. Actual open warfare. We're also getting reports that the U.S. consulate itself in that town came under gunfire this week. A U.S. consulate, right? Why did this happen? Well, because this leader of the Cartel del Norte named El Huevo has been captured by Mexican officials. And it may have been, the details on this are still kind of murky, but it may have been a joint U.S. and Mexican government raid that took him down directly. But because his cartel forces are out there, they are responding. You might remember that way down in southern Mexico, uh, I think it was about a year ago, something like this happened, and it was the son of a cartel leader, I believe. His forces came back, almost laid waste to the town, and then actually got the cartel leader freed from custody. All of this is happening just, just south of the United States. This isn't thousands and thousands of miles away. This is right here. This is our backyard. This is our own hemisphere. So while we're having these conversations about spheres of influence and territorial integrity and sovereignty and all of these questions, you got to remember, you are being led down a primrose path by the mainstream media. They're telling you to care so much about something that happens thousands of miles away. And I do care about it, and you should care about it. But understand that there is a system of priorities, and there is a hierarchy to this stuff. And what do I mean by that? And it may sound callous, and it may sound cold, and you may attack me for that. But here's my question. Here's my, my point, right? This stuff, as a country, affects us directly. The victims of this, you think these cartels don't operate north of the border? Like, go watch maybe one episode of Breaking Bad, right? Go watch Sicario, go watch Narco, any of that stuff. That stuff is more real than most Americans want to admit. Some of our biggest TV shows. Yet for some reason, the US government and the media don't wanna talk about it, don't wanna do anything about it, don't wanna get involved. You don't hear these stories playing out every single night. You know, which provinces under a control of which cartels, which leaders are taking over, which members of the families are working together. Why is that? Why is it that they want you so invested in something that has nothing to do with actual U.S. safety and security, but could have everything to do with their own elite interests? 
All right, that is all the time we have here today. Human Events Daily, what did we talk about today? We gave you that ground update. What is going on in the city of Mariupol? What is going on on the ground? The importance of the Dnepr River. Next, we talked about the information word. Go to humanevents.com, read Pedro Gonzalez's incredible original reporting on this. Only available, humanevents.com. Next, we got into the rise of the Petro Yuan and the fall of the petrodollar, what it means for you and your family. And then finally, we talked about the drug cartel war that is going on just across the U.S. border, a story that for some reason the mainstream media just doesn't want to talk about. Remember, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to all of you, be good, be brief, be gone. This has been Human Events Daily. Remember your homework from us. Share this out with one of your normie friends and leave us your five-star review. And I just want to thank you very much again because we got the numbers in from last week. They were incredibly high. We want to really appreciate all of your support and everything that you do. Before we leave, it's time for today's history break. This day, 1968, the My Lai Massacre in Vietnam. Understand that war is a racket and the people are always the victims. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.